Hi, we here at Grace Life would love to help you discover Jesus' unconditional love and grace for you. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you and further establish you in the truth of God's Word. Amen. So Mark chapter 4, like I said, uh, we're going to be spending a little bit little bit of time in Mark chapter 4. So we're pausing on um, Ephesians, on the series of Ephesians, just for this morning, um, just because we had that video playing. And uh, with that video, wanted to get into just uh, an awesome truth from Mark chapter 4. And uh, as we get into Mark chapter 4, the, the awesome thing with this is um, that Jesus is talking in a parable. And we see often Jesus was talking in parables. And then after the Gospels, the, the, the talking and the sharing of parables kind of stopped. I don't know if you guys noticed it. Um, there's a lot of parables, a lot of analogy um, that is happening in, in the Gospels. But then when you get into Acts and the, the epistles, um, things change. And you have to ask, cool, what, what changed? Um, did the guys kind of uh, get over the, the, the storytelling or the parable of, of, of spiritual truths? What happened? We have to ask, what happened? And one very significant thing happened. The Holy Spirit happened. Um, the Spirit of God living in man happened. Before Jesus' death, before his resurrection, and before the outpouring of his Spirit, um, people were very spiritually unawares of, of spiritual truths. They were very unaware. And, and Jesus himself said, and we look at that now in a moment, um, uh, people were unable to understand spiritual truths. And until Jesus came, even at times, he had to take the scriptures and John chapter 5 and, and then Luke chapter 24. He, he, he kind of goes through the, through the scriptures to the Old Testament and he, and he, and he uh, um, explains unto them and he opens up their understanding, it says, so that they can understand what the scriptures are talking about. So up until that point, people didn't understand. And still today, a lot of people don't understand what the scriptures are talking about, what the, what the purpose of the Bible is. And that's why Jesus talked in parables a lot of the times to help their carnality understand some of the spiritual truths. But today, having the Spirit of God living inside of us, as Jesus said, He will teach you all truth. He will guide you in all truth. And so we've got a, such a benefit, such an advantage. And some of you are thinking, man, I would have liked to be one of the disciples working with Jesus, kind of smelling His sweat and all of those things. Um, you don't think about the, that side of Jesus when you think about Jesus, right? You think like, oh, he, he smelled of, of roses every day and like he didn't sweat at all. He didn't have dirty feet. Um, he had dirty feet. Clearly. You see it throughout the scripture where people washed his feet um, and where there was feet washing. So he had some, some, some dirt on his feet. And it's not to um, kind of uh, make, a, make fun of Jesus. You wouldn't mind me sharing those stories because it's the truth. We need to understand when Jesus walking the earth, he was limited by physical body. What does that mean? His physical body got tired. He slept. Jesus isn't sleeping anymore. His spirit isn't sleeping anymore. His spirit is living inside of you. If you're a born again believer, you've, you've become the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit, Corinthians says. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So he's living inside of you. And the disciples didn't have that. They had Jesus with them for a, a, a a moment in time and at times he also separated himself from the disciples and then he spent time with only a few disciples so there was this continual picture of um, uh, Jesus limitation by his physical body and why am I sharing all of this because when we 
when we get into the word and specifically Mark chapter four, now we see this picture of parable telling, and we need to understand that there was a time and a purpose for parables. But what we've got today is something so much better than what the disciples had at that time, because Jesus came for a specific purpose. And until he fulfilled that purpose, there was a missing out, if I can call it that. There was a missing out on God's glorious plan. In Colossians chapter 1, verse, let's look at Colossians chapter 1, verse 27. To whom God would make known what is the, or what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And we see this mystery being revealed to us. And this mystery specifically, as Paul is writing about in Colossians chapter 1, is the mystery of the Spirit of God living in man. That is God's ultimate plan. That was God's ultimate promise and purpose is to be united with us, each one of us. And what was the problem? Sin was the problem. There was a, a, a sinful nature problem. There was a, a, the sin of the world that separated man from God. And then there was the law and there was a, a sacrificial system. And then Jesus came to what? To fulfill, to complete, to bring to an end the law. Not abolish the law in a sense of, okay, cool, the law has got no purpose. There's still a purpose of the law. Galatians chapter 3 Let's go there quickly, Galatians chapter 3. And we're going to get to Mark 4. Um, we're going to get to Mark 4, Galatians chapter 3. Let's see, we'll read from, let's read from verse 20. Galatians 3 verse 20. Now a mediator is not a mediator of one, but God is one. Is the law then against the promise of God? God forbid. For if there had been a law given which could have been given or which I could have given life, Verily, righteousness should have been by the law. But the scripture has concluded all under sin. Say all. So no one was separated from this truth, from this reality. All was under sin. That the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. Say them that believe. So the promise by faith will be given to them that believe. But before faith came, we were kept under the law. Shut up un, unto the faith which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster. Say schoolmaster. So the law was our schoolmaster to bring us into or unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. Okay, so this is a beautiful analogy. It's not a parable, it's an analogy where it's talking about the law being our schoolmaster. Now, if you've been, if you can think back about um, grade one, uh, going through uh, some of the math kind of problems and discussions, maybe you learned this through uh, uh, before grade one. I can't remember when I learned one plus one plus two. Anyone remember when that happened for you? Uh, maybe it happened when you were younger. I don't know. Um, but think about this. One plus one, coming to, to that understanding that one apple plus another apple equals two apples, when someone taught you that, they no longer need to teach you that, right? When you know that, you know that. And the same, when the 
the law served its purpose to point you to Christ, the law technically for the believer no longer serves a purpose. You get this? So the law serves a purpose, even today, to point people to Christ, the reality that without Christ, we are doomed. Because all were under sin, as we just read. And so the law's got a very good purpose to point people to the, to the holiness, to the, the glory of God, the perfection of God, and that no man could ever come to that place of holiness. But through Jesus, praise God, say through Jesus. Through Jesus, coming to know Jesus, coming to receive the forgiveness of your sin and receive the Spirit of God living in you. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says that the old is gone, the new has come. You've been made a new creation in Christ. And so you've been made completely new in Christ through the Spirit of God. And through that Spirit, through that reality, you are now righteous and holy, a saint. And it's awesome in Hebrews, it talks about that the laws of God will be written in our hearts. What does that mean? Does that mean now, cool, the law was written on stone at one time and now it's written on our hearts? No, not exactly. Because before Jesus came, there was no empowering to live holy. There was no empowering because the nature of sin drives someone to sin. Now, there's one of two problems with someone who's sinning today. Either they're not born again and they haven't received the new nature, or they're born again and they don't have a clue about their new nature. They've got no understanding about the new nature of God Almighty living inside of them. That's why Paul writes about this in Romans 12, verse 1 and 2, that we need to um, be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Not transformed by our actions, your actions you can change. You can try and be a better person. That's religion. That's legalism. You need to do this. You need to do that. No, we need to be transformed by renewing our minds. Renewing our minds to what? To the truth and the reality of our Christianity, of our relationship with God. That's the gospel. The gospel isn't you need to be a better person. The gospel is that Jesus came to die for you, for your sins, and to give you a new nature, a new identity. Now you need to come to know that identity after you've received it. That's the gospel. That's the message of the Bible. The message of the Bible isn't a message about healing, even though healing is in the Bible. The message of the Bible isn't a message about having more money, even though having more money is good and there's benefit to the money. But all of those things need to serve a purpose, pointing people to Jesus, the goodness of God, the nature of God. But when we start making the gospel about a message that it's not, we are diluting the power of the gospel. Paul says it's the gospel of God that leads people to repentance. Romans 2 verse 4. And he said that I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it is the power of God unto salvation. Salvation is a life of transformation. It's not just going to heaven one day. There's a lot of people going to heaven one day, but they're not living transformed lives today. None of, none, none of you, right? Just those people who didn't come. God's heart for us is to live transformed lives. Otherwise, Jesus wouldn't have talked about the parable in John chapter 15 um, to bear much fruit. And uh, you are, you are the, my, my father's the vine dresser, I'm the vineyard, you are the branches. Um, if you bear much fruit, you bring much glory to my Father. Why would Jesus talk about bearing much fruit? Why would Jesus talk about it if it wasn't important? 
It is important, but we need to understand where's the empowering for that fruitfulness. It's coming to know your identity. It's coming to know the love of Christ for you. Mark chapter 4. Let's read from verse 1. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. I don't know if there will be any scriptures on the screen, but that uh, forces you to uh, open up your own Bible, whether it's a physical Bible, whether it's on your phone. And I want to encourage you as well, as, you, as we're going through, through the Word, do not just kind of see yourself as a baby. What do I mean by that? You get baby believers and then you get mature believers. Now, don't be offended at me if you are showing which one you are. I'm not, I'm gonna, not going to tell you which one you are. There's certain things that will show which one you are without me having to say anything. What happens to a baby when they're eating? They get fed. None of, none of you get fed, right? Hopefully not. Like None of you get fed. You take your fork, your knife, you cut up your, your, your food and you feed yourself. Okay? Babies get fed with a spoon. They can't feed themselves. Now, when we're partaking of the word, you get people who are babies, and that's fine. It doesn't mean you've got a baby Holy Spirit. This is very important. You do not have a baby Holy Spirit. You've got a mature Holy Spirit living inside of you. You've got the same Spirit of God Almighty living inside of you, but your understanding of that Spirit is maybe a baby understanding. We grow in understanding. We grow in knowledge. We grow in truth if we choose to. Say choose to. It's a purpose. It doesn't happen by default. You don't grow in understanding and the purpose and the knowledge of God by just being a believer. If that would be the case, we would have already seen the kingdom of, uh, of heaven established here on earth. But believers think that they, all that there is to Christianity is to receive the forgiveness of our sins and then go to heaven one day. Like they think that that's the ultimate picture of Christianity. Receive the forgiveness of my sins and then, man, at least one day I'm going to heaven. Let's struggle on in this life. Let's, let's kind of just go by the motions of the ocean. Let's look like the unbelieving world. Let's just, let's just blend in. Don't want to step on anyone's toes. Don't want to offend anyone else. But as Proverbs say, the fear of man brings a snare. If you're always going to be fearful about what man thinks about you, oh, I don't want to offend so-and-so, I, I don't want to say it the wrong way, it's never going to usher you into the things that God has got for you because Jesus offended people, believe it or not. He offended people. The one time he, he offended them, he realized he offended them, and then he offended them again. We made sure he offended them. What do I mean by that? His intention wasn't to offend. His intention was to share the truth. And the truth oftentimes is just offensive, right? Especially if your truth that you've come to believe is different to the truth. There's a lot of people in this room who's got a truth. They believe something and they believe it's the truth. But if it's contradicting the truth of Jesus Christ, what he came to do, you're wrong. And some of you are offended at me just saying that. So Jesus is an awesome example. He told uh, some of the religious people in the setting that he was ministering to, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you can't have no part in me. And it says that the people were offended. And he realized it. And he said, 
hey guys, unless, maybe you misunderstood me. And he didn't change his tone. He didn't now change his message. He said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you can't have no part in me. He made sure he offended them. Some of you aren't blessed by the message this morning. Hey, if, if Jesus offended people and he knew offended people and he carried on preaching what he needed to preach, then I can too, right? Why? Because John 14 verse 12 says, you'll do the same works as Jesus and even greater works than those. It doesn't make me a more special person than you. We are body together, different members, diversity within this body. That's why you saw different people coming up, sharing. Maybe not everyone is called to, to, to minister in the, in the setting or from the, the, the platform that I'm ministering in, but we're all ministers nonetheless. Second Corinthians, uh, Stefan shared that scripture with us. We might get to Mark. I think we're going to get to Mark. Let's see. Um, Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. This old thing is not talking about anything physical. It's not talking about before you receive Christ, you're a little bit overweight. After you receive him, you're less overweight. That's not talking about all things have become new now. You didn't have a six-pack, now you have a six-pack. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about your spirit. The old is gone. The sinful nature has been replaced with the righteous nature, the spirit of God Almighty living inside of you. All things have become new. Verse 18, and all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation to witness that God was in Christ, verse 19, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and has committed unto us that you and me, that's the church of God, that's the body of Christ, he's committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, verse 20, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us. We pray in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. Verse 21, for he has made him to be sin for us, talking about Jesus, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Made righteous. We didn't become righteous by our own efforts, but we were made righteous by believing on Jesus Christ. And through all of this, we've been given a ministry of reconciliation. Each one of us. You're a minister. You've been given a ministry of reconciliation. Not a ministry of dancing, a ministry of worship, a ministry... No, a ministry of reconciliation. You can't through your dancing or through your worship or through whatever um, you're thinking about, fulfill the ministry of reconciliation. But oftentimes we don't. We get caught up in the minors. We get caught up in the carnal, so to speak. Worship can be very spiritual, right? Did you guys encounter like spiritual worship this morning? Hopefully you did. But worship can be very carnal, right? It can be like, ah, I don't like that song. That's carnal. I'm just going to put it out. I don't like that song. It's carnal. That's carnal thinking. Because you're thinking about what your flesh wants and desires in that moment. You're not thinking about what, is this what, is, what are these words declaring? They're declaring God's glory. They're declaring my identity in Christ. They're declaring my relationship with God. So the ministries that we're partaking of, we need to ask ourselves, Ultimately, is this ministry that I'm doing right now, is it fulfilling the ministry of reconciliation? 
What am I talking about reconciliation? It's the world. It's the sinful man that is reconciled to God. How, how's the sinful world? How's an unbeliever reconciled to God? It's through faith in Jesus Christ. By grace, through faith, we are saved. And it's a gift of God, not of works. What does that mean? It means that you cannot work for your salvation. Jesus came to die for you. Jesus chose to love you. Romans 8 verse 5, of, uh, Romans 5 verse 8 says that while we were still sinners, Christ demonstrated his love for us by dying for us. Before you could choose Jesus, because none of you could have chosen Jesus in any case because he died before you existed. He chose you before you were even a, a, a thought to your parents. That's how, that's how much he valued your life. That he died for you way before you were even an idea. And that's the gospel. That's, that's the ministry that we've been called to and invited to partake of. And with the video that was shared, man, it's so true. The world and people cannot change outside of coming to know the gospel because the gospel shows them the love of their father. The gospel invites them into relationship with their creator, their father. An awesome practical example is the phones that all of you guys have. I'm pretty sure everyone in this room has got a phone, except for Anouk and Matthias. I don't know where they are. Um, everyone's got a phone. That phone was created for a purpose, right? There's a few functionalities. Maybe some phones are smarter than others and smarter than some people in the room. Um, I'm just joking. If your phone's got a calculator, then it's smarter than you. Um, I think we don't have any mathematical geniuses in the room, I believe. Only God will. Um, no, I'm joking. So your phone's got a specific purpose. And when you start to use your phone outside of its intended purpose, what's going to happen to this phone when I start playing cricket with this phone? It's going to break. It's going to get damaged. Right? And then oftentimes we don't even use our phones for all of the amazing things that it can provide for us. For example, if you've got a smartphone and you're only using it to make phone calls, you're not enjoying the full functionality of that phone. WhatsApp, email, internet, etc., etc., etc. And the same with every person on the face of the earth. They will get damaged if they do not come into relationship with their father, their creator, because they'll do everything that they weren't created to do and function in a way that they weren't created to function in. Or they'll live on the side where, cool, at least they've become a believer, but they're not enjoying the fullness of what they were created for. And that is where the gospel comes in. The message of helping someone come from the kingdom of darkness, not knowing who they are, what they were created for having a lack of identity, having a lack of purpose. Because as your phone was created for purpose, every person on the face of the earth has been created for purpose. And that's relationship with God. There's a movie, I'm not going to um, name the title unless I, I lose some of you guys in the room. There's a specific movie and there's a specific line where the guy asks, cool, what was the bird created for? And then there's a discussion about the purpose of the bird and then the guy asks, but what am I created for? And the answer was, you're created to be loved. 
Every person in this room, every person on the face of the earth was created to be loved. And that's why oftentimes when we don't allow ourselves to be loved, we are living in unfulfillment. We are living with brokenness. We are living with a lot of dysfunction because you're living outside of your design. You're trying to be something, trying to do something that you weren't created to do. Round uh, or square pegs and round holes, that kind of analogy. So God has created us. And this is the, the purpose of the gospel is to help people come to understand the love of the Father, receive the gospel, and then allow the gospel through discipleship to transform their lives. And this is discipleship this morning. We're partaking of a form of discipleship where there's a teaching of the word. There's a partaking of the word. Some of you are partaking. Some of you are just being spoon-fed. Some of you are digging and you're chowing and you're making notes. And it's fine if you just want to be spoon-fed. That's fine. But you need to understand that as much as a child that is 11 months old, our son is 11 months old, as much as it's fine for him to be spoon-fed right now, in 10 years' time for him to be spoon-fed, there's something wrong with that picture. But then we have a lot of believers who it seems like it's fine for them to still be spoon-fed. I know it's a challenging word. I know you might not enjoy this. You might be offended at me. I'm going to say it again. For you to be spoon-fed for the rest of your Christian life, there's something wrong with that picture. Mark chapter 4. And we're, gonna, we, we're not going to get into it too much, but we'll, we'll get into some of it. Mark chapter 4, let's jump down to verse 3. Consider this, the sower went out to sow. As he sowed, some fell, talking about the seed. As he sowed, some fell along the beaten path, and soon the birds came and ate it. Some fell onto gravel with no top swirl and quickly sprouted since the swirl had no depth. But when the day grew hot, the sprouts were scorched and withered because they had insufficient roots. Some fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. But some fell onto good, rich soil that kept producing a good harvest. Some yielded 30, some 60, and some 100-fold. If you understand this, then you um, need to respond. Verse 10, afterwards, Jesus' disciples and those to him, to him remained behind, asked Jesus about this parable. He said to them, the privilege of intimately knowing the mystery of God's kingdom royal has been granted to you, but to others where everything is revealed in parables, for even when they see what I do, they will not understand. And when they hear what I say, they will learn nothing. Otherwise, they would repent and be forgiven. Now, this is awesome. And that's a, a quotation, verse 12. It's a quotation from Isaiah. And it's talking about people are going to hear and not understand. People are going to see the truth in front of them, but they're not going to see the truth. We see this. Jesus talking about this, like I said. Um, where the Jews didn't see Jesus as the Messiah, they couldn't grasp what the scriptures meant, what the scriptures talked about, what the message of the Bible was. And so there was no understanding. There was no fruitfulness. Because understanding brings fruitfulness. So that is what uh, uh, verse 12 is this quotation talking about, for even when they see what I do, they will not understand. Then when they hear what I say, they will not learn anything. Otherwise, they would repent. 
Verse 13, then he said to them, if you don't understand this parable, how will you understand any parable? Let me explain. So then he goes on to explain this parable. The farmer sows the message of the kingdom. It's the gospel. The message of the kingdom is the gospel. It's no other message. This is something you need to imprint into your hearts. The Bible's got a specific message. There's a lot of messages in the Bible, but it's all pointing to one specific message, the gospel. The gospel is the message of the kingdom. No other message. The farmer says the message of the kingdom. What falls on beaten path represents those who hear the message, but immediately Satan appears and snatches it from their hearts. So if you haven't picked up the, the, the analogy yet, the seed represents the gospel message, the message of the kingdom. And then the swirl represents people's hearts. Okay, what falls on beaten path represents those who hear the message, but immediately Satan appears, snatches it from their heart. And what is sown on gravel represents those who hear the message and receive it joyfully. But because their heart was, uh, hearts failed to sink a deep root, they don't endure for long. For when trouble or persecution comes on account of the message, they immediately wilt and fall away. And what is sown among thorns represents those who hear the message, but they allow the cares of this life and the seduction of wealth and the desires for other things to crowd out and choke the message so that it produces nothing. Verse 20, but what is sown on good soil represents those who open their hearts, receive the message, and their lives bear good fruit. Some yield a harvest of 30, 60, and even 100-fold. So there's a lot in here which we won't get into complete, but what I want to focus on specifically just this morning is the gospel message is the only message that, that carries the power to bring fruitfulness. If it's a diluted message, if it's a, a message that's not the gospel, it might do something. Like it might change someone's temporal circumstances for a period of time. But the only message, the only force that that brings transformation in a nation, in a person's life, is someone that hears the gospel, responds to the gospel, and is then rooted and established in what is Christianity about. Otherwise, no change can come. And there's four heart conditions, four swirl conditions that's talked about in this parable. And every heart condition has got something in common. Firstly, they all received, they all heard, they all had an opportunity to hear the message, the message of the kingdom. And that's where we are at as a world. There's one third, and this is something we learned in the school of the believer. There's one third of this world, a few, I can't remember if it was millions or billions. One third is probably billions, right? Yeah. So there's one third of the world who's never even had the opportunity to respond to the message of the kingdom because they've never heard the message of the kingdom. Yeah, we get to hear it on a daily basis and we take it what for granted. But when we start responding to the message of the kingdom and the gospel of Jesus, and we start to learn about God's life for us and learn about God's life for the world, we will not but be we will not but want to share this with our um, our unbelieving loved ones or colleagues or friends so that's the first thing there was a they the all four um, ground conditions soil conditions had the opportunity to hear 
the message of the kingdom, the gospel. And then the other thing they had in common, they all had something in the ground. Having nothing in the ground is also having something in the ground in the sense of there was a, there was a lack of something, right? There was something, but there was a lack of the something. <laughs> if you guys get what I'm, what I'm meaning. So all, all of our heart conditions, every person in this room has got a heart condition this morning. And the less clutter you have in your heart, the less offense you have in your heart, the less pride you have in your heart, the more, you, the more receptive you are to have the seed which is incorruptible. Say incorruptible with me. Incorruptible. It means that it's pure. It's perfect. There's nothing wrong with the seed. The more open our hearts are to receive the seed, the more the seed can accomplish that what it needs to accomplish. Does it feel like rocket science this morning, guys? It's very simple. You put a seed in the ground, the clearer, the healthier the ground, the healthier our hearts, the more receptive it is to that seed and the more it can uh, uh, accommodate healthy growth. Now, that's what I want to leave us with this morning is to, to come to realize, firstly, that there is a world who's never heard this message. And if the world hasn't heard this message, they can't bear the fruitfulness that all of us desire in our relationships. Who desires to be in friendship with people who are not self-centered? Anyone here? Some of you like your self-centered friends, probably because you're one of them. I'm just joking with you guys. Calm down, calm down. Don't run off. <laughs> the only way that we are going to become nicer people, the only way that the world is going to become less self-centered is through hearing the gospel and hearing it on a continual basis. Getting to know the gospel of Jesus Christ, the identity of the believer. So let's come to realize that we've got a part to play in making that come to pass. The gospel going out into the world. And then for all of us to determine what is the condition of my heart today. And it's not, a, not to condemn ourselves. It's not to be introspective. You're like, ah, oh, such a horrible person. Like, ah, oh, I'm self-centered. And I was so mean to that person this week. And I can't stop being like this. And That's not what I'm talking about. It's coming to know the Spirit of God inside of you and realizing that that Spirit is more powerful than your self-centered upbringing. The Spirit of God inside of you is greater, more powerful than whatever you've experienced in your life. You just need to start somewhere. Start by acknowledging and saying, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't feel like this could be true. But I'm going to believe this because God created me and His Spirit is living inside of me. And if that is the truth, then I can change. You need to start there. And it doesn't mean you're then just going to change because you've acknowledged that. But it starts by acknowledging and then growing from that place. And that's what a community is for, is to support one another, to speak the Word of God over one another, to encourage one another, to be discipled. All of, us, all of us have something to bring to the table, to start seeing yourself as a partaker, not just the consumer, not just being spoon-fed, but partaking, digging into the food and having it impact you to the place where there's fruitfulness. 
we'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to connect with us or if you'd like us to pray with you, please contact us at info at gracelife.co. If you'd like to order more resources or discover more about us, you can visit our website at www.gracelife.co or find us on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube.